Take a farmer. A photographer. And a teenage girl. Buy a bus. Add a dog. And let the adventure begin. Good morning and welcome to episode one of O'Neill's On The Run, Life In A Bus. And today we are talking a little bit about uh, us before we started bus life and the motivation um, and reasons for giving up the norm and hitting the road. So before we moved into a bus, I was doing the nine to five grind. I was working in a sales job. It paid well, but I really hated it. I was having anxiety, going to work in the morning, just a big ball of stress. Felt like I could be sick every morning driving into the office. I absolutely just just didn't like it. We were just stuck in the same routine day in, day out, repetitive. And, um, you know, we'd just come through the drought as well. So I think Tom was a little bit over farming, but I'll let him talk a little bit more on that. And um, we just wanted to change, just wanted to change everything we were doing and start something different, have an adventure and um, just get out of that nine to five grind, the rut. For me, I think it was, um, it was more about um, just doing the same routine all the time. Like every 12 months, I was just felt like I was going through the same thing on the farm. And then when we got to the stage that it was being sold and we sort of realised that if I didn't get a job later on, we'd have nowhere to live and whatnot, we ended up buying a house around that time. An investment an, property. An investment property, yeah. And then, oh, well, it was to live in originally. Originally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we were going to live in it. And then the, um, the new owner of the farm offered me a job and I went from, I think we had three staff on the farm to one. I was the only one on the farm at the time. I found that was all right, but I just found it was very hard to go away. Like you're always like I'd go and play cricket on Saturday and then I'd spend all day Sunday just going and checking water and making sure livestock were right and just felt like you were you had to be present all the time. Like like you didn't have to be there all the time, but you just felt like you had to be present. So probably probably more of an internalized work ethic for you that the the boss didn't expect you to be on the farm but you felt it was your responsibility to make sure everything was good all the time and to keep an eye on things all the time. And things definitely did go wrong. You couldn't have, you know, oh, Sundays right. off. And, yeah. and But that's part of farming life, but it means you're married to the job and you literally couldn't go away. And we definitely couldn't go away together because there was always animals and things, um, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Like it was, yeah, I found it hard. Like I'd be kicking myself if I was away for time and then come back and, you know, the stock had been out of water for a day or something because of, you know, a trough had broken or we'd run out of water and then they'd smash the trough and then everything could come back on. And then, yeah, and then especially when you were irrigating and whatnot, um, yeah, and then we'd be irrigating or something or cutting hay or, you know, you know, there'd always be rain coming and you'd have hay on the ground you'd be trying to get in the shed by yourself. And, yeah. But I just found it was the same routine. But then... You know, after we bought the first place, I think the pushing point for me to buy the bus was really when we um when we tried to buy an investment place in Atunga, and we um we were looking at it and we went through with the loan and everything, and we just needed a little bit of money. Yeah, so it was I think uh, mortgage lenders insurance, and we actually got back knocked back on rural location because the Atunga village is a little rural village outside of Tamworth. Um, 
everything else lined up the numbers the math the deposit everything lined up except um the fact the village was rural apparently was enough to not give us a loan or our mortgage lenders insurance and then not be able to get a loan yeah i think that was more with the um us trying to rent it out i think if it was a primary residence i think we would have got it through yeah yeah i definitely think so and then from that, I just remember um, in the evening, so we'd just been knocked back and we're thinking, are we going to reapply or what are we doing? And we're just sitting on the veranda, sort of having a chat. And we got around to the point that what do we actually want to do when our daughter finishes school? And she was 14, I think, at the time. Um, what do we actually want to do when we're empty nesters? And the, the answer wasn't have two investment homes, keep working, jobs we are not enjoying as much as we used to that was definitely not the answer no that's completely right and with the way interest rates are gone i think we've been way better off to um get rid of the two homes yeah so so in the sort of uh interim i guess uh we decided not to buy or we stopped looking at houses we stopped doing the open homes thing we just sort of pulled up stumps and took a little while just to sort of sit and think about what we actually want and how we were going to get it. Um, in the meantime, um, COVID happened. Uh, that was uh, 2019, 20, early 2020, COVID happened. Um, and the you know interest rates went up, everybody stayed home, everything sort of got a little bit destabilised. Um, and that sort of, again, drove home the fact that we just don't want to keep doing what we're doing day in, day out, year after year, same, same, same. We just wanted to move on and try something new. I remember the decision to um, to buy the bus. I think we both talked and we talked about a caravan and whatnot. And well, I think we were worried about the space in the caravan. Like we didn't want to tow like a 40 foot van behind behind the ute. And then, you know, I think it'd be hard. And all just like, yeah, we're so used to farms and big space and not being in each other's pocket. And we were sort of a bit worried about being stuck in a 23 foot caravan and uh, yeah the space thing and then towing a big van and, and we're sort of a little bit stumped as to how we were going to do this travel thing and um how we're going to work and we sort of you know we watched a lot of instagram and youtube and had a look at a lot of uh things that other people were doing and i really like the small home movement the off-grid and i think tom likes a bit of that off-grid kind of lifestyle as well yeah i find it better than you know Especially when you stay at places where you can sort of be by yourself and you're not stacked in on top of each other. Don't don't get me wrong, I do love staying at places like Stockton and that, like we are stacked on top of each other. But I find it very, if you're out in the bush and that, and if you can be away from everybody and just have your own space and whatnot, I think the off-grid's a good option to have. Yeah, and we, so we were sort of just looking at all the things we wanted from this new travel life and what it was going to take for that to happen and we settled on a bus and i really also like the idea of doing a conversion a model uh, i work in an office so i was really looking forward to doing something um physical at the end of the day tom a little bit different he worked physical all day probably last thing he wanted to do was come home and do the plumbing and the electrics but um bus was definitely sort of the where we landed on yeah that's right i think and and especially like Try, trying to find the right bus too was hard when you start looking around as well. Yeah, we looked at a few buses, I remember, and, and looking at the legislation around the um, engineering certificates and things, 
there's quite a lot of gas and electric ticket. Yeah, lots of things you have to sort of get signed off. So therefore, we sort of landed on the idea rather than getting a a, a bus from scratch, um, we we would see if we could find something that was done or partially done, um, just to save ourselves with the engineering and the structural and all that sort of stuff. Um, and again, maybe Tom not having to do um, so much work on the construction um, while giving me the space to maybe just modernise it a little bit. Um, but uh, so so we sort of sat down and we decided we're going to buy a bus. We're going to buy one that's hopefully engineered to save us doing that. And then we were going to go forward from there. Yeah, that's right. I remember we were fixated on the coasters for a while and then, you know, hopped in. The headroom was terrible. But the idea with the coaster, I think, was all the parts would be available, being Toyota Motors around Australia. But then when you started looking at it with the three of us, I think it would have been pretty impractical. And um, just for the record, those who don't know, Tom is six foot six. So headroom um, was a big problem. Headroom is still a problem in our bus. He bumps his head every day. So um, it, it, we didn't really solve the headroom problem, but he can stand up straighter than he could in a coaster. So. Yeah, and again, a coaster space may be about the same space as a caravan. We sort of weren't gaining any in the room department. No, that's right. And then when we got on the big buses, I think we went, did we look at one at Mandurin Yeah, we looked at one at Mandurin. And then we went to the one at Dunny-Doo, which is the one we bought. And did we look at any other? We looked at one out near Cooler. It wasn't a coaster. It was bigger than a coaster, but it wasn't a a full coach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and we right. sort of looked at mid-mount engine and then Tom being mechanical and being a farmer said he wanted something with a rear-mount engine so that was easy to access if we needed to do work. So we started looking at sort of practical things, wasn't it? Um, you really liked the bus at Mindura and you really liked the layout that we looked at. Yeah, there. the layout was good. It was sort of open plan with the kitchen and then you walk around. The bathroom was in the middle of the bus and you sort of get you had to go through the bathroom to get to one side of the bed and then through the bar, and then you went straight ahead to get to the other side of the bed. But it had a bigger kitchen sort of space. It was a sort but, of the off-centre kind of layout that a lot of people go for. That's right, and a front-mount motor, I think. And that was a lot. I think that was about 40000 from memory. 40000 yeah, I think that's what we looked at, yeah. that one. And then the one at Dunny Do, we this is the one we actually bought, and I think it was, he had it on at 38000 or something, and we got it for twenty. Eight. Yeah. yeah. And he wanted cash, which was fun, carting around for a while. <laughs> yeah, cashing around a big wad of cash out to the middle of nowhere to pick up the bus. Um, and then, yeah, the one from Dunny Do, it, it ticked mechanically a lot of the things we wanted. It had the engineering, it had the solar, it had water tanks in. Interior, uh, a bit of a mess. It had done a lap of oars with small kids and it, it kind of showed. So, um, although I don't think we ever originally sat out to do a full gut and restrip like it ended up. <laughs> I just thought new doona and some paint to start with, but it ended up being a uh, bigger, a much bigger project. Plus the mouse plague. Remember the dead bodies we pulled out of everywhere? The whole uh-huh. bus must have mice all through it. So we bought the bus right at the end of the big drought um, and it, the mouse plague that quickly followed and the owner we the guy we bought it off had actually started stripping things out to find the dead mice in the bus and as we stripped out the bus the amount of mice carcasses and skeletons we found in it it was it was like halloween in here every day the um yeah the 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 mice really did some damage and electrically and things they'd they'd done quite a bit of damage too they'd they'd sort of done a fair bit of chewing to 
interiors and carpets and, and wires and pretty much everything they could sink their little teeth into. And on that note, I think uh, that pulls us up for this episode. Make sure you tune into Ep 2. We're going to talk about stripping out the bus, what was in it when we got it, what we wanted to keep, what we wanted to get rid of. Other than the mice. Other than the mice. <laughs> Maybe about getting a, <laughs> rid of the mice. Um, what we'd done with the start of design and layout and why we sort of started making the choices we did. And uh, I'll throw up a photo um, on the social media as well of the um, the day we bought the bus. Um, I think I just posted on social media, uh, we bought a bus because our family really didn't know we were going to go and buy a bus. So it, everyone was very shocked um, <laughs> when, we, when we popped up uh, a big blue and white bus and we bought a bus and people really started to go, what the hell are you guys up to? But um, it's been a great, great ride since then and I don't think we'd um, change that decision in a heartbeat. Now, a little bit uh, on a personal sort of note here, we've all as a family kind of known for our dry humour and slightly bogan, <laughs> slightly bogan outtake on life, a um, little, little bit country, a little bit bogan. And so Tom, he's got a, and, and Ali too particularly have a very dry humour. So Tom's decided he's going to share a little bit of a joke with us on a regular um regular basis now just a warning they're probably not going to be very pg jokes but he's going to start today with a fairly pg kind of safe joke about about our daughter ali i believe yeah it is about ali um what is alexander into what is alexander into interesting <laughs> yes uh ali ali for those following along is known as the sloth in the bus and her bed is known as the sloth hole because being a typical teenager she just does like to to veg out on the phone with a bit of TikTok. so um ali is interesting she is into resting and just as tom likes a good joke i like little motivational memes and snippets and uh, little words of wisdoms that i find um all over the place actually and so I thought I might share one of those with you regularly. And this one probably hits the mark um, from the motivation to buy a bus. And it's when someone asks what my dream job is, my dream job is literally nothing. Who dreams to have a job? My only passion is to travel and eat good food. And that about sums me up very well. Make sure you follow us on all the social media channels at O'Neill's On The Run and tune in regularly to come along with us on this crazy adventure.